everybody and welcome back to the podcast life's learning curve and a special hello to the people of avondale arizona the listeners out there and all the surrounding communities as well as our great current listener base and if you're new welcome to life's learning curve podcast we're a podcast where we use stories true stories that helped frame our lives a little bit stories of how we became the best of us (laughs) Why Evandale, Arizona? Why did I single that out? Well, recently I was looking at the statistics of our podcast and ranked second among all cities in the United States is Avondale, Arizona. There were more people listening there than any other U.S. city. Pretty neat for me. So, hey, if that's you, please go to our website, lifeslearningcurve.org, and click on our email and let me know how we built such a base in the Arizona population. We're glad to have you, though. I'm Paul Hart, your host, and I'm very happy you're with us today. I think we have quite a treat for you. Imagine this. We're going to fly backward in time to a forced childhood experience for me. Yeah, it was forced. Have you ever worked on a farm at age 10? Been stepped on by a horse at age 10? Played way past dark on the highway and off the highway in a rural area with neighboring farm kids at age 10? Been given real responsibilities? Cleared tables at a local boozy smoke-filled legion on a Friday night? And all of this at age 10? Plenty of odd, quirky learning curve today. Coming up, let's get this going. Life's Learning Curve. I'm Paul Hart. Episode, Waterman Road South. Stand by. Did I like my week on the farm in Waterman, Illinois? Well, fourth grade, age 10 me would probably have answered no back then. I wasn't very sure about what farm life might be anyway. No idea. I knew it wouldn't be like the ridiculous books I had read in school about farm life. Now, my mom was most definitely (laughs) pro-farm. I had heard many fond, happy stories about her childhood. My mom recalling... When I was a little girl on our farm, I remember I used to get up early and do my chores or there'd be no breakfast for me. (laughs) I remember my mom and dad being pretty serious all the time. Farm work was hard. I remember my horse, Blackie, was my best friend back then. Now, my father's experience was more of a uh, one that was laid bare. His father had died when he was just three years old, and the family farm was sold at auction. Yet, my father's sister and his older brother and his mom, my grandma, all still lived in a tiny rural community. They had grown up rural, and even though they both moved into the city, my mom and my dad separately with their families, they both moved into the city in their high school years, rural farm life sat in their psyches like warm, fresh bread that just came out of the oven. (laughs) Now, it was my turn 
it was my turn to have that farm experience. Not for years and years, but rather just a few days. I never really asked for the farm experience. Now this was just five days out of my life, and in retrospect, when I was a child, I came away from the experience thinking, um, it was okay, it wasn't great, it wasn't super positive, it certainly was different. But if that's the case, how come I still remember so much? How come I still have such clarity about those few five days? Well, all I know is that it was a warm mid-Midwestern summer between 4th and 5th grade for me. It was the summer of the seven-year locusts. A lots of buzzing going around and giant, seemingly giant grasshoppers everywhere. And my mom had arranged a week-long stay at her second cousin's farm just north of a city called Waterman, Illinois. Now, at that time of my life, I had just, I had no fear of being away from home. That was good. <laughs> However, that fear did arise many years later. Our departure day to go to the farm finally came. And my mom, my dad, and me, we motored our 1960 bright red Oldsmobile to Waterman, Illinois. Now, this was a small farming community about 63 miles west of Chicago, and I had no idea of what to expect. Heck, you know, at age 10, I had no expectations of anything. It would be fun. It would be amazing. My mom reassured me. So my parents were very smart when they dropped me off not to linger, not to go inside and have coffee and catch up with the her second cousin. So after meeting my newly adopted family for the next five days, a couple of hugs from my parents and my small suitcase was placed in the dirt driveway. A cloud of dust sent the Red Oldsmobile out of the farmyard and back onto Waterman Road, spinning a little gravel from the back wheels as it exited north back toward home. Huh. As I stood there, I had sensory overload for a minute. I saw an old red barn still functioning, you being used just west of me. I saw smaller barns and coops, I guess, that seemed to surround that larger red barn. I saw a meandering creek just west of the farmhouse. I heard, and then I saw chickens next to the barn. I could smell cattle. Now, I had unknowingly in my life become a cow smell expert. Probably my sister and I both. This happened to us. Every time we would pass a field uh, where there were cows in the summertime, we'd have the windows down on the car, pre-air conditioning days for our family. My mom would say, Ah, do you smell that, kids? I love that smell. Mmm, it's cows. It smelled just like cow poop to me, but she seemed excited, so... Next, I felt baby kittens brushing by my ankles. They had begun to come over and check me out. Time to smell the city kid. They were adorable. But suddenly, I was snapped out of it by my Aunt Virginia. She was standing there, and she said to me, Well, Paul, we're just going to go about our day-to-day work, and we have some activities this week, so we've got a lot to do. Just plan everyday work, so why don't you go upstairs to the extra room and get settled? 
Now, I remember that Aunt Virginia looked a lot like TV's and movie star uh, Donna Reed. She had, Donna Reed had her own show. She was in It's a Wonderful Life, the film with Jimmy Stewart. Soon I would learn that Aunt Virginia was a gentle and kind nurturer. She was a great cook. And while I was there, she was always concerned about my well-being. How are you doing, Paul? I have a popsicle. How's your day going? Can I get you anything or Tommy anything after your chores? Now, my Uncle Art owned and he ran the farm. And he was a thin, hard-working guy in bib overalls that actually had stains and dirt embedded (laughs) in his bib overalls. He was the real deal. And he was a man of few words as well. Kindly, but more of a grunter. Hi, Uncle Art. Nice to meet you. We shook hands. And lastly was my cousin Tommy. Now, Tommy was a bright, rosy-cheeked, happy kid about two to three years older than me. Just happy about everything in life. Pretty neat optimistic. Tommy whisked me away to my room at the peak of the farmhouse. It had an opened window which overlooked the entire farmyard below and the view looked like a snapshot from a textbook. You could see barns, chickens, cows, well cow smell, and I could see two large really giant oak trees from which a 60 foot or so rope swing was attached. Nice. Come on, Tommy told me. So I helped Tommy muck out three stalls that afternoon. That's manure removal and putting down fresh hay, getting some feed in there. I helped spread feed for the chickens and helped Uncle Art secure the wire fencing on the hen house. And it wasn't like I just watched or stood there or held a tool or held a flashlight. I hammered. I got to actually do the work. I secured uh, fencing. I herded some chickens, but I knew to keep away from the rooster. (laughs) Hey, this was the real thing. I was helping the farmer guy. (laughs) After a hearty dinner in the kitchen, I watched thin Uncle Art put away more food than I had ever seen a man eat. That was when I learned that a farmer can burn a lot of calories during the day. At the dinner table, Tommy told me, I gotta bust tables tonight at the local American Legion in town. I'll get my citizenship badge in 4-H if I work the American Legion all summer. Hey, Paul, do you want to help me tonight? Sure, I said. Now, the American Legion still exists today. It's a nonprofit organization of the United States War Veterans, and Waterman, Illinois held one of the Legion's local posts. So right after dinner, Tommy and I began quickly walking into Waterman, Illinois. It was just the two of us on our own. It was only about a mile into town, but visually for me it looked like a lot farther. As we walked, Tommy talked about school, we laughed, talked about his farm chores. He told me all about his horse named Apple. More on Apple later. As we walked into town, the locusts buzzed loudly. and. Summer's humidity had its way with us. Sweat poured down our faces as we entered the dark, smoky American Legion filled with country music. We both put on these aprons that we were supposed to put on 
And that night, our only job would be to clear plates from customers. But we needed to ask them first politely. Excuse me, are you done, sir? Or? Are you done, ma'am? May I take your plate? It was a Friday night, and the place was filled with locals. Country music blared from the jukebox in the corner. And dignified farmers and townsfolk had a beer or two and the fish fry. I loved it. I had not been given real responsibility, real purpose, yet in my short 10 years. This tested my confidence and ability to use manners, to successfully clear plates and glasses and use sweaty napkins. What could be better, I thought. Heck, I was 10 years old. This was uber cool. <laughs> the night ended with us being given a glass of Coca-Cola. Icy cold. Tommy and I walked back to the farm in the pitch blackness. The darkness only a country farm road understands. <laughs> I saw more stars in that black sky that night than I'd ever seen before. Why are the stars brighter here? Why are there so many more stars in the waterman? <laughs> Tommy just smiled at me. We were laughing and we were filled with accomplishment. And You know, he was great. He, Tommy was an only child, but he really liked having me be there. And I liked being there. He was kind of like an older brother to me. It was then I knew I was doing something different. Before I laid down that night, I took one more look out of my big giant window. Out at the farmyard in the darkness. It was great. It looked like a dream, but a good dream. <laughs> Abruptly the next morning, we were up at 3.30 a.m. Although I did not know this was going to happen, Uncle Art, Tommy, and I would drive downstate to a horse show in Pontiac, Illinois, where Tommy would show Apple, his horse... That's another 4-H activity. So I should probably tell you what is 4-H. The 4-H organization began in 1902 with the work of several people in different parts of the United States. So connecting rural life to public school. 4-H was founded with the purpose of instructing rural kids in improving farming and farm homemaking practices. Now 4-H is still around today and it continues to evolve and grow. After waking, eating, getting ready, and loading Apple onto the horse trailer, all before 4 a.m. amazed me. I was still tired, but I stayed awake for the two-hour drive south, and I saw the sun rise from the cab of Uncle Art's pickup truck. After arriving in Pontiac, we offloaded Apple from the horse trailer, and we checked in with the stable master. Call 21. I learned Tommy's horse was young and hadn't been trained yet to ride. He could be led around a course, and that's what Tommy would do to show his horse Apple. Well, the day turned into a humid, hot, mid-Midwestern scorcher. Most of the day, we sat in the covered, open-sided stables and waited for our turn to show Apple. So it was pretty tight in there. Up close, these animals were big, big animals. You know, from a distance, a horse looks, oh, there's a horse. Up close, huge. I saw a large, fidgety gelding 
rear kick a teenage girl. Ow! And she seemed to tumble and fly to the ground quickly. And I can remember she got up and she smacked that horse in its rear end. <laughs> That's a farm girl, I thought. Yeah. As the day continued, the locusts buzzed and sweat poured down our faces as we waited. These are in the days that everybody didn't have a water bottle, but you just sweat and you sweat it out. But no one complained. At that time, I worried that I saw other horses rear up and became fidgety or spooked or startled somehow, and they'd rear up and kick and scream suddenly. Tommy and Uncle Art told me not to worry about that. Well, Uncle Art just said, Soon after that, I remember a horse about five down from us became extremely spooked and screamed and reared up, reared up several times, and it was strong enough, it tore a support stud it was tied to. It pulled it into two pieces. Uncle Art said, We all moved into the open sun, as the building was then deemed unsafe. These were strong animals, and I, I was not used to this, so I was just kind of uh, timid, I guess, and I just kind of watched. I tried not to show any intimidation but from the horses, but I just stood there. Tommy decided he wanted me to walk Apple around the parade course once. And I'll just have to say this, if you've ever had your foot stepped on by a mid-sized horse, there's a pain that shoots from your foot to your brain, and you can feel it going all the way up. It's like the blast of a shotgun. We got back to the farm and Waterman late that afternoon. The horse show had not been a great experience, but I said nothing. The remaining days on the Waterman farm were filled with chores, which I, I never minded, really. Great meals, popsicles after dinner, and plenty of kittens to pet. Every evening, Tommy and I played an outside game called Kick the Can with the kids from the farm across the road. Kick the Can is an outdoor kids game, kind of like a tag or hide and go seek or capture the flag. Now, we used a discarded empty can and we loaded it up with large rocks and we inserted those rocks for noise. So if you kick the can, everybody heard the can being kicked. The neighbors had four kids, and they were a lot of fun. Good kids, no cares, no worries. They'd worked hard all day. At nighttime, they played. They had very little stress. They laughed a lot. And unlike some of the kids in my neighborhood, these kids played fairly. They understood that when they were supposed to be out, they stayed out. They didn't jump back into the game. So the rest of the week, every night, we ran, we jumped, we laughed, we fell down. We laughed, like I said, so hard. And then it became late, too dark to even see. And we headed home, across the road, and looked forward to the very next day. Tomorrow, play again tomorrow. After five days, it was pickup time. My parents showed up in the Red Oldsmobile, and I was ready to go home. But as the adults all finally had their coffee and a sit-down talk with one another, Aunt Virginia, Uncle Art, they all sat together. 
I went back up to my room and I looked out of my upper bedroom window one more time at the barnyard that would still be there tomorrow for Aunt Virginia. Still be there for Uncle Art and Tommy. And I felt sort of envious. You know, they had so much. So much hard work they put into making that farm work that it seemed like play to me. Oh, goodbye, Paul. Come on back soon. But soon I was outside, and I found myself talking with Tommy and the neighbor kids who all came over to to say goodbye and shake hands with a 10-year-old kid from the city. (laughs) As we motored away in our red Oldsmobile, I exited with my head filled with stories, news stories, of the people, the community, the neighbors, the farm, and my new relatives that I knew a little bit better. Now, I had my own stories. They were mine. I got it. I, I, I understood my mom at this point, why she was so talkative about the farm. This experience was different. My mom was right. So much had happened in five days. And to this day, I still remember it. Unforgettable. Now, breaking my perfect reality of farm life came about six months later. Aunt Virginia shot herself and did not survive. She had taken her life. And I was questioned by the family about her behaviors when I was there. What did I notice? I was the last of the exterior family to have spent any time with her. Hey, I was 10. I noticed her gentleness, her kindness. I I, I recognized great cooking. (laughs) And she was always concerned about my well-being. She was a mom away from my mom. That's all I could say. It, it was sad. I, my mom was sad. I just didn't understand such a thing at the time. And I still don't. Fifty years have passed since then. But recently, I rediscovered that small rural community of Waterman, Illinois again. I found it. Still small, still primarily rural, and I smiled to myself as I slowly motored through town. (laughs) Not much had really changed after 50 years. It really, it hadn't. As I drove through town, I saw there was the American Legion. It was still there. It was the place Tommy and I had cleared dishes. It was still there. I drove a mile north of the Legion because I remember Tommy and I walked straight down the road to the farm. And I actually found the farm where all this took place, Aunt Virginia's and Uncle Art's farm. Now the main house was still there, but the barns were all gone and the farmyard was now trimmed lawn. I looked across the street, but the kick the can neighbor's house had been excavated. There stood a barren, empty field. Now, in my mind, I heard the voices, echoey voices come back again. We were kids and we were playing. Kick the can. 
I heard Uncle Art and Aunt Virginia's voice and Tommy's voice. It was all very positive, all the voices. The experience had been a proactive good one. Still overall unforgettable. So what's our takeaway? What did I learn here? What can we learn from this? Well, for me, after all these years, did I like my weekend on the farm in Waterman, Illinois? Absolutely. So much of my farm experience was about life's diversity and seeing a different way to work. And I saw you could have a career at home and you could make it all work yourself if you worked really hard. Boy, it made good sense to me. Being remote, away from the busy, hectic city where I lived, was a crucial difference. But out of the whole farm experience, after all these years, most of all, I can tell you this was about safety. The safety of it all. We played until after dark. No cars on the rural road. No traffic. We walked on that road into the city. One car would come maybe every 30, 40 minutes, and you could see it coming. I was also given real responsibility at age 10, and I liked it. It was all okay. Safe and secure in that rural community with some great neighbors. A great community, as I said. And my newly discovered extended family down on the farm in Waterman, Illinois. Waterman Road South. For Life's Learning Curve, I'm Paul Hart. Subscribe to Life's Learning Curve at lifeslearningcurve.org and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser. Waterman Road South of Life's Learning Curve podcast was put together by producer Sebastian T. Dog, executive producer Paul Hart, technical director Heidi Cerner, editor Paul Richards, audio and sound as always by Riley Hart, production manager Mo Thomas, studio equipment and management Patrick Mickelson, broadcast engineer Mark Randall. Find us on Facebook and listen to us just about everywhere podcasts are heard. Visit our website, lifeslearningcurve.org, and subscribe. Read a blog or shoot us an email. This episode has imaginative voice recreations. To protect the privacy of others, names have been changed and characters conflated. I'm Paul Hart, and we will be back soon with more stories from Life's Learning Curve.